Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to an iconic episode of The Gold Standard with Alan Mosley. And here's your host, Alan Mosley. Iconic. Iconic. That's appropriate for this episode. People don't know why yet. Yeah, they don't know why. You know, I had told some people throughout the week that we were about to have a big guest, but I didn't say who. Yeah. Because you know, every single time we've ever said, hey, next week we're going to have Joe Bob, then Joe Bob cancels. Yeah, they cancel every last minute. single time. That's right. <laughs> like, you think I'm joking. No, no, no literally every single we're, time. Yeah, it's the truth. It jinxes it completely. Well, it sucks because that, what that does is it means you can't do little advertisements of, like, on this week we'll have so and so, and this week. Like, you can't do that no. because if we do that, they'll say, oh, hey, Alan, sorry, I can't be there. That's, that's what's going to happen. <laughs> it's kind of like Jinx, Jinx you, had me, you, got, you got me a Coke. Remember that one? It's mm-hmm. like, like, if we say the same thing at the same time, you owe me a Coke. Yeah. How many Cokes do I owe you? I don't know. I could okay. use I could use one I right now. Use, right. I could use the refreshment of what whoever sponsors this show. That's right. I see. I like how you think. That's, yeah. That's brilliant. That's there right. You go. Guys, welcome back to the Gold Standard with Alan Mosley. I am your host. And if you want to follow us on social media, you can do so, which is Facebook.com slash TGS Alan Mosley. Our Twitter is at Alan M. Mosley, but you don't have to do any of that. So you just go to our website, which is the Gold Standard Podcast. Dot com. Right. You know, you can also support the show at our Patreon page, yeah. which is patreon.com slash TGS Alan Mosley, right. just like our Facebook. Yep. Yep. Speaking of that, I've got a couple of shout outs to give today. Sweet. Some people that support the show. Believe it or not, there yes. are some people who support the show. <laughs> the first one is actually a couple of guys that just recently started their own show. It's called The Status Quo. Here's their Facebook uh, site right here, facebook.com slash status quo. It's run by a couple of guys named Nick and Matt. I believe it's go. Matt. Matt's actually a former soldier. I believe he served wow. in Iraq, and now he's doing his podcast talking about why... You shouldn't do that. So don't do, <laughs> right. do as I say, not as I do. Exactly. Don't join the military. Don't go to Iraq. Those are those are pretty good ideas. But you can follow them at the status quo right mm-hmm. here. They've got their most recent episode, which is the Bill of Wrongs, which you can actually the find Wrongs, on like their Buzzsprout, which is where they host their show. It's buzzsprout.com slash, that's a bunch of numbers. That's a swanky find name them. for that one, too. Status quo, the status quo. The like status that. quo, that's, that's status right. Quo, yeah, that's it's cool. not the status quo. It's that's the right. status, status quo. quo. By Matt and Nick. Uh, just, they're, they're a couple of regular dudes, a couple of uh, mechanics yeah. who do a podcast. They talk about anti-war pro-liberty. So they're our cool. kind of people. Awesome. A pretty intense show. I, I listened to the most recent where they were talking about kind of the, the history of the war on terror, uh-huh. which is obviously something near and dear to them. Yeah. Uh, so it was pretty good. Up. And you can also follow them on Twitter, which is, uh, their Twitter is at Quo Statist. At Quo Status. Q-U-O Status. Okay. At Quo Status is where you'll find the status yeah, quo on Twitter. So Nick, Matt, there you go. There you go. And we'll, 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 shout, we'll shout them out again. This isn't the only time. Right. Although this is a hell of an episode for them yes, to get a shout out, by the way. <laughs> You're going to find out later. Uh, also want to give a shout out to our friends over at The Other 3% on Facebook. Facebook.com, The Other 3%. Yeah, that's where you'll find their page. Okay. They share lots of awesome content, lots of cool memes, uh, lots of articles uh, about things that we're interested in. They also tend to share this show called The Gold Standard with yeah. Alan Mosley, yeah. which, is, which is why they're great. I mean, when you have as good a taste as that, how can you not get a mention on the program? That's right. Uh, I actually wanted to show this one thing they had on there right now. Okay. Uh, it's, it's, remember, do you remember Eric Swalwell? He's the representative from California we talked about maybe a couple of months ago. He was okay. the guy that said that they should just nuke gun owners and all that oh, stupid. Geez. It's that guy. Yeah. By the way, he announced he's running for president too. Of course he is. See, so why now not? I think you the know? Democrats are up to like 19 now with oh, him. Geez. He so he announced he's running for president. But there's this one particular the one thing I love that the other 3% does is that they hashtag all of their articles with democracy is cancer. Oh, hashtag democracy is cancer. So this guy 
This Eric Swalwell guy, this is an article where he's saying that, look, if you want to get these 15 million or whatever assault weapons on the street, just buy them back. That's what you do. Just buy them back. That's like who with whose money, Nick? I know. Or Eric, yeah. yeah. Who's, and if you've ever bought a you know thousand dollar AR fifteen and somebody uh, decides to tell you they're going to give you a hundred bucks for it, you basically shoot them in the foot. Yeah. So <laughs> if you like to be somewhere in between rage and laughter, go check out the other three percent. There you go. Do that. Those are yeah. our friends. We, yeah. we love our friends. Yeah, We have friends, believe it or we not. Ha- <laughs> we have friends, and we love them. So there you go. <laughs> Guys, we have an epic episode for you today. Epic. We have a guest after the break whose wife has a great cookbook. Yeah, it's an amazing cookbook. We have a guest after the break who was a doctor. Really? Mm-hmm. All right. You don't know who it is yet, do you? Hold on. I'll give you I some more clues. Yeah, I know. I know you know. We have. I know. I play Doctor Mario. That's not the same kind of doctor as this doctor. We have a guest after the break that is unabashedly anti-war, and okay. has his own own daily program, and his own institute. Okay. You know who it is yet? Figured it out yet? Yeah. I I don't want to spoil. I don't want to spoil it. So I'm just going to use his first name. It's it's Ron P. Ron P. No, that's probably too obvious. That's it's too R. Obvious. Paul. R. Paul. Yeah. Yeah. We will be back with you after the break with Ron Paul. Have you ever been talking politics with a friend and told, if you don't like it here, you should just move to Somalia? Well, ladies and gentlemen, from the sandy beaches of Mogadishu, Sherry and I bring you Postcards from Somalia, one of the newer products of Little Elm Productions, where we take on all of the fallacies of the people who say, if you don't like it, you can just get out. Your ad could be playing right now, reaching thousands of potential customers. Sadly, it's not, but it could be. Find out how to be an advertised sponsor for The Gold Standard with Alan Mosley. Email us at tgsalanmosley at gmail.com. Guys, welcome back to the show. Our guest today needs very little introduction. He is the famous husband of Carol Paul, who has the number one cookbook in America, as well as being a long-serving congressman of Texas, multiple-time presidential candidate, as well as being famous for delivering lots of babies and minds from apathy. He is Dr. Ron Paul. Ron Paul, welcome to the show. Thank you. Good to be with you. Well, we're so happy to have you. Uh, I've got a short list of topics for us to discuss today while we've got you. The first one I want to get to really quick is uh, the state of whistleblowers, uh, particularly in the United States, but really the world as well. And I want to start with Julian Assange, who has now been in the Ecuadorian embassy since June 19th, 2012. June 19th, 2012, so almost seven years. It's, it's absolutely bizarre how we and I've made this comment so, so often that uh, if, uh, if you tell the truth in an empire, it'll be called treason. And that's essentially it. But this one is even weirder. I mean, he's an Australian citizen who's, as far as I'm concerned, a journalist. And yet uh, we own the world and uh, we can dictate other people how to run their embassies and how they can arrest people. And uh, I would say this is torture. It, uh, it's hardly spreading American values. And a lot of the people still buy into this stuff that America uh, exceptionalism is something so perfect that we have a moral obligation to use our physical force and our military to spread it around the world. And if, and if we use Assange as a typical case, I would say we're, we're in bad shape. 
but uh, he and others have suffered a lot for uh, just telling the truth. And Irving in Washington, it's rarely do you hear the truth. And uh, I was on a program just a little while ago, and I restated my position that no matter what, this, when you look at a bill that you're studying, uh, you can be sure the demagogues uh, are using it. The title of a bill is always the opposite of what the government's getting ready to do. So they're always planning, you know, to do something else, but they always have to demagogue it, which should be considered a lie. Uh, but nevertheless, uh, more people are aware of this. Definitely, the numbers of people, numbers of Americans who are getting leery of our government and not believing, I think, is very good. But I, I, they're too slow for me because they listen to the propaganda, especially when they go into wars, and then they uh, slowly uh, gain their senses and then become anti-war. Just look how long it took to for people to figure out that you know that war in Vietnam didn't make any sense, and now they look back in the Middle East, Iraq. What in the world were we doing there? But then again, we have a president that's uh, still uh, aggravating a few countries, uh, maybe uh, with the neocons that uh, are still in Washington. You know, they're going to start another war. At least they have a cold war going on. But I'm sure they're going to be very happy if they have a hot war. It's good for profits and other things. Well, you know, you had mentioned right there in the beginning Julian Assange being a citizen of Australia. Uh, how much blame do you feel that Australia deserves to take here for not standing up and saying, we're not going to allow one of our citizens to be bullied like this around the globe? I mean, I mean, doesn't the buck stop somewhere with them for not stepping forward and saying, we're going to bring him home? Oh, yeah. Uh, as as a, an American citizen and politician, I can't uh, decide that I am going to instruct or enforce and tell the Australians a moral statement and have an opinion. And I would agree with your opinion. What, what, what good are they if they have done nothing whatsoever? But yeah. I think it is sort of part of the empire mentality because uh, they're not going to, they're, they're going to do what we tell them and uh, they get rewarded for it. Uh, we have two policies that we pick from. We tell people what to do. If they listen to us, we give them a lot of money. If they don't, we usually bomb them. <laughs> well, of course, that, that, those are the only two possible answers, right, is giving them, right. giving them lots of money or bombing them. Uh, I want to I move on really quick to uh, Chelsea Manning, who, of course, had already spent seven years in prison uh, for refusing to testify against WikiLeaks and, and now, again, has been jailed since March 8th uh, of this year. Uh, so I guess a little over a month now that Chelsea Manning has been back in prison. Um, I, I guess in, instead of talking necessarily too much about Manning, uh, I kind of want to look at the broader scope of how, how big of a chilling effect do you think this has on the next potential Assange, Snowden, or Manning? Well, ho hopefully it will stimulate people to be honorable and follow through uh, and follow the character of these individuals that are willing to do it. But there's no doubt about it. You know, uh, you know, I, I hate taxation. I hate the IRS. I hate the income tax. But, you know, I have to admit, you know, I'm a, I'm a little bit cautious. It's a little bit chilling. Don't if you become uh, you know an individual who brags about it and goes about and I don't pay my taxes, you know that's a big step. But mm -hmm. uh, no, I think I think that uh, uh, we have a responsibility. But it is there is a chilling effect because people are going to be reluctant. But sometimes there are people who look up to others mm 
who stand out against war. And I can remember a long time before ever going to Washington, the few individuals that spoke out against Vietnam War. That impressed me. I thought, boy, now that's character. Yeah. Now, since we've kind of already moved on to the uh, the warfare topic, if we were going to talk about the state of the anti-war movement, not not just amongst the people, but specifically in politics, because I think that's that's where you really see the rubber hitting the road. I mean, how 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 optimistic are you that anti-war policy is going to be popular in the upcoming election cycle? Well, uh, I work on it which is not always that easy to defend, that the peace candidate always wins, you know, uh, and, and that's a relative term. But I think the people want peace. And uh, I think Trump was the peace candidate. What do we have? Hillary? What kind of a record did she have with sure. all that stuff she got into? But uh, and Trump was saying the right things. He says this war was stupid in Iraq. And, mm-hmm. and so he, he was the peace candidate. I th- think about back in 1964 with Goldwater. In one film, in one ad, they were able to paint him as the war candidate, and Johnson was the peace candidate. But then you, before you knew it, Johnson had to you know, give up uh, and not run because he became the war candidate. So no, I, but the big problem is the challenge, uh, because if you come out as the peace candidate, uh, I think a few people might remember uh, how they treated my view about uh, being anti-war and being the peace candidate. Oh, you're anti-American, you support the enemy, sure. and you uh, don't, don't like the troops and all, all these things. So it's the demagogues and the people in charge of the message that is the problem. But I think that... Uh, we have to be better. I was always hoping the Internet would, uh, you know, uh, enlighten more people. So we have to keep trying. But it's alive and well. It's just trying to organize and try to get people to prevent war and decide and, and define policies that prevent war rather than waiting until the body bags keep coming back. And then they say, oh, well, we better do something about it. So it's uh, it's around time it's going to continue to be along because there's always people who sort of sort of like the issue of war but it's always couched in patriotism and good terms and taking care of the world and making people happy and peaceful and the reason we go to the middle east believe it or not they get away with telling us that we have to be there to protect our liberties to protect our constitution protect american exceptionalism and people want that to be true but then all of a sudden uh, they wake up. There's too much complacency. But uh, those of us who believe strongly that we shouldn't be involved in these conflicts, we have to do a better job to reach more people. Well, we had uh, Lou Rockwell on the show just a couple of weeks ago, and, and one of the candidates that we discussed really briefly was Tulsi Gabbard. Now, I know Tulsi doesn't, it doesn't quite have the uh, economic stances we would like her to have, but she's, she's pretty unabashedly anti-war, especially amongst her contemporaries who are usually pro-empire. And I'm, I'm sort of already seeing this unperson effect, right, where I remember... Uh, Dr. Paul, I remember the days that you were running and they would have, if, if you were polling 20%, they would show a poll on TV. And if you add, your name wouldn't be on the list. And if you add up the numbers, it's missing 20%. And, <laughs> and you have to wonder, well, wait a minute, this doesn't add up to 100. This poll can't possibly be right. I feel like you're already seeing that with Mrs. Gabbard, that they'll have a poll on TV and it doesn't add up to 100%. And you realize that missing percent is her percentage that she's polling because it just goes to show you that 
It doesn't, of all the different stances that make up domestic policy, foreign policy, if you don't go along with the status quo on that one stance, which is the warfare state, then they will erase you from the bidding. I mean, that's just bizarre, but I feel like we're seeing it happen all over again. Yeah, you, you become a non-person, and uh, they don't even like to criticize you because if, you're critis- if, they, if you get criticism from the other candidates, that draws our attention. <laughs> when you think back that the best thing my campaign, Giuliani condemning yes. me for my policy. You know, that woke up a lot of people. So they, I think the tactic isn't to do that. Uh, the tactic is always to make the, the individual a non-person. And you're pointing out that about Gabbard. That's exactly what they're doing. They're not giving her much credibility. But ideas have consequences. The only thing that counts are ideas. They're very, very powerful. And an idea whose time has come, uh, they can't not, cannot be stopped. So I think the policy of peace is always there. And uh, hopefully we can do our part in promoting those individuals who are precepts of what a peaceful foreign policy would be all about. And it's to me, it's just a wonderful thing, you know, promoting peace and prosperity and and trade and travel and solving so many problems. Uh, but when people hear it all, I think they're with us. It's, uh, it's the, the big job is getting our message out. Well, I'm, I'm reminded you, you had mentioned uh, the point that you feel like the peace candidate always wins. And you, and you had mentioned Donald Trump and how he, at the time, you know, candidate Trump was saying the things like, well, Iraq has been a quagmire in Afghanistan and we shouldn't have gone overseas. Um, but I'm reminded of the Tom Woods law, which is no matter who you vote for, you always get John McCain. So I'm, I'm afraid that no matter who we vote for, they, it, it doesn't take very long before they become a swamp monster. Now, that, that is the case, and sometimes you'll see a person that you like and think will be sympathetic, and they're moving up the ladder, and they might become a presidential vice president candidate. They move her up, uh, essentially what they did with George H.W. Uh, Bush. You know, mm-hmm. he moved up. But when, when that happened back then, there were a lot of individuals that, you know, just got very turned off. But uh, the image, the Ronald Reagan image, you know, was such that there was no criticism of it. But it turned out that uh, George H.W. Bush was not exactly a friend of peace, and neither, nor was George W. Bush. Uh, they, they, they were not friends of peace, and yet they were able to, uh, uh, you know, with get around it uh, because uh, they, were thought, they were seen favorably by the media. Yeah, well, it, I'm, I'm reminded, I actually saw the video this morning before we got on together. Uh, it was an old talk by uh, General Wesley Clark, and, and in that talk, he was, he was discussing a, uh, a sit-down that he had with Paul Wolfowitz back in 1991. So, I mean, we're, we're going on almost 20 years now. In, in that talk back in 91, he was taken aback because uh, Wolfowitz was telling him that the, the neocon plan to... Uh, you know, fin- to wrap up things in Iraq, to go into Iran, to go into Syria, to go into Libya. You know, those things were t- discussed decades ago. And, of course, we've seen some of those things come to fruition. And so I, th- I, think, it's, I think it's very chilling and eye-opening for the average American to realize that the, the military is just, there's just no way you can describe the military as a force of defense. It's not about national defense. It's about uh, What's the word I'm looking for about imposing their will around the world? Would you say that that's accurate? Yeah, 
actually won an excuse. So uh, 9-11 and with into the part of 9-11, but 9-11 happened and it was a, had a big impact, but it was used as an excuse. And, they, and even the neocons were quoted, this gives us an opportunity, yes. you know, and, and they didn't really go looking for bin Laden. They immediately started wars, you know. They, they went into uh, Iraq and all these other places and ended up in Afghanistan. But those are, those are excuses. Those aren't real reasons. So, uh, yes, they, it's a very difficult task, and, and it's a real challenge for us. Now, something I believe you guys discussed on the Liberty Port, uh, uh, Report just yesterday or the day before uh, was the recent news of Donald Trump declaring the Irani- Iranian Revolutionary Guard to be a terrorist organization. Is, is, is this not a huge red flag that we may be in for more war? Yes, this, this is very unique. Uh, uh, they've come close to taking small groups in a government and claiming they're a terrorist group. But basically, this isn't done, that we take, uh, you know, the whole army and declare them a terrorist group. That has to be a blatant effort to try to provoke a war with Iran. I mean, just look at what we've done so far. We got out of a treaty that they were obeying, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and we have uh, uh, done more to antagonize and putting all these sanctions on. And, and when you look at it objectively of the record, uh, for Iran, uh, they're not nearly as bad as some of our closest allies. I, I mean, if, where would you rather live? Uh, let's say you had no protectors and you just uh, got flopped into uh, a country like Iran or Saudi Arabia. I think I'd sort of rather be in, in Iran, even though I know there are problems. But what about contending with the attitude of civil liberties in, uh, uh, in Saudi Arabia compared to Iran? Well, I, I think, uh, of course, you know, the, the popular economics question is, is compared to what, right? It's like when you're analyzing anything, you have to say, well, what is that compared to something else? And I feel like that's a question that the average American, definitely the average voter, tends to forget a lot of times, which is, is that, well, yeah, you know, maybe, maybe Iran is not the type of country that I would want to live in, but, you know, Iran compared to what? And you already brought up <laughs> Saudi Arabia, which, which can kind of segue us really quick into, of course, the crisis in Yemen. Um, I know just recently Congress voted again to, uh, to send, send, send the bill to, to Trump's desk to uh, try to stop the, uh, America's involvement with Saudi Arabia as it pertains to the war in Yemen. But uh, I don't know if Trump had already vetoed that, but it, it looked like he was planning on vetoing it. Um, Again, I just, I'm sorry, I just, I just feel so pessimistic because I feel like you, you get a candidate that talks the talk, and then when they get into office, they do everything in their power to promote right. the warfare state. Yeah, and they're, and they're determined, too, because when Congress finally wakes up, because the people are waking up, and they make this effort, and they pass a token piece of legislation that says, you can't do it. This is one little area. Quit helping uh, the, sla- you know, the Saudis committed a slaughter in Yemen. Uh, Let's say that Trump signs it. Mm-hmm. It probably doesn't mean that much because they might, they might, they'll just go quiet. You know, I think about uh, that was all caught and out in the open, and, uh, and yet it never stopped. They passed laws that said that we can't go into near, uh, Nicaragua, uh, and yet we still did. We just did it secretly. So the laws get passed. Uh, and they shouldn't even have to pass the laws because they have a law, which is the Constitution. And to say that, oh, no, how are we going to stop these unconstitutional war? Well, yeah, you shouldn't get started. 
they're not supposed to be started unless Congress originally votes for it. So if they allow it to happen and they finance and it goes on for years and years, then they say, well, we've changed our mind and we're going to tell the branch to because but yet we've condoned the illegalities of the executive branch. So we have the imperial president doing what he wants. Uh, so it's a bigger picture. Uh, but nevertheless, we have to keep doing it. So when I saw that bill passed in the House and the Senate supporting it, I think that's very, very good at sending a message. But we have to be very much aware of the fact that that doesn't mean we're on our way home and they're going to mm. quit assisting Saudi Arabia. Well, just one more quick point on, on that front. Uh, again, when we had Lou Rockwell on the show a couple of weeks ago, uh, he, he had brought up the interesting point talking about this, this next election cycle coming up, uh, and you had mentioned supporting the peace candidate. Uh, he had said that he actually, of course, Lou Rockwell is very much known for, uh, for enjoying political theater, and he had brought up the point that, uh, of course, the Democrats look like they're going to be running 16, 18, 20 different people are going to be vying for their nomination uh, but on the Republican side, it doesn't appear that there's going to be a, a major challenger to Donald Trump. Do you feel like it's going to stay that way, or do you think there'll be another Republican throw their hat in? If there's no major changes, uh, I think it'll stay that way. Nobody's going to challenge it. It's, it's going to be minor because uh, they haven't grown to love Trump. Uh, even mm -hmm. the never-Trumpers, Republican, they still hate his guts. So they're not going to over. But it, there could be some major events, you know. Uh, it wouldn't take a whole lot that one of these hotspots breaks uh, uh, in, into open war and conflict. And uh, there's nothing that uh, says that uh, Trump's going to have this guarantee that the economy is going to look as good as it appears right now. But sure. the irony is, is that economy has to be a lot weaker because all the statistics Better than ever, best in the world, low unemployment. Isn't this wonderful? <laughs> but you better print a whole lot more money because we want to get the economy going again. They so said they have two positions on that. But I think they, uh, I think they know uh, what what's on, and that uh, even though there, some of us will talk about the danger in the economy. I think uh, the people who run the show know it as well, so they're preparing for it. So things like that could change the election. But right now, I would say if there's no, nothing major, uh, nobody in the Republican Party will challenge uh, Trump. Ron Paul, thank you so much for being on the show with us today. Ron, where can everybody follow you in the Liberty Report? Well, that's the best place to go. RonPaulLibertyReport.com. I do a daily program. And when all the equipment's working, which is most of the time, we, brought, <laughs> uh, we uh, live stream it at, at 11 uh, Central that that Join is us. oh that's excellent uh ron we're going to get you out of here on this one is a hot dog a sandwich <laughs> i never thought about that do i is that the question i have to answer in order to go to congress <laughs> that sounds like a that sounds like a congressional question that sounds like a question we might hear in our hearings <laughs> Well, I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to study it. I have a committee that studies and looks into these difficult questions, and I'll find out, you know, and I'll get back with you. Leave it up to us to invite a longtime congressman onto the show, and he gives us a political answer. How about that, <laughs> Doctor Paul? Thank you so much for being with us again. Very Guys, good. Good to talk. Good to we will you. see you right after this break. Hey, did you see the uh, playoff games last weekend? Oh, you're into the sports ball game. 
Sports Ball with Mike Meharry and Alan Mosley. Sportsballpodcast.com. Sports Ball is not a libertarian sports show. It's a sports show done by a couple of libertarians. For when you need your bread and circuses. Your ad could be playing right now, reaching thousands of potential customers. Sadly, it's not, but it could be. Find out how to be an advertised sponsor for The Gold Standard with Alan Mosley. Email us at tgsalanmosley at gmail.com. Do you hear that? Yeah. Is that, is that pick up in the microphone? It does. You need an oil can. I'm going to get some WD-40 up in here. I like that. <laughs> That's the level of quality that you come to expect from The Gold Standard with Alan Mosley right there. You hear that? Oh, man. So... What did you learn today, Blake? Well, see, I took this handy old thing. You did. You took notes. So I could follow. Uh, something about Julian Assange. and uh-huh. uh, uh, Well, I can't even read my own handwriting. Chelsea Manning is in prison or something like that. Uh, peace. Peace. Peace is good. Peace candidate always wins. I, I, I write like a drunk dyslexic doctor. I don't know how I got that way, but, you know. Yeah, anyhow. This, I feel like this is more evidence to suggest you don't actually listen to the show. Well, I was too busy taking notes. <laughs> this is, this is, so what you're, what you're telling me is, is you just have an excuse now. That's Absolutely. What, that's what it is. Well, if you aren't listening to this episode, then I can't help you because I don't think we can do any better than Ron Paul. No, we, we, he was fabulous. It's We're just gonna, absolutely wonderful to have him on the show. That's, guys, you have to under, like real talk for a second because we joke around a lot on this program but real talk for a second so ron paul is one of the few people in this world that i would genuinely say is a hero of mine and if you're wondering if you're at home right now and you're thinking man i want to talk to ron paul how do i how do i do that how do i get to how do i get to meet ron paul this is what you do are you ready yeah all right you start a podcast you spend two years cranking out episodes and slowly building up the level of clientele that you bring on the program. And then you start to slowly chip away at Ron Paul's friends until you've had enough of Ron Paul's friends on that you email Ron and you say, I've had all your friends on. You should come on too. And then he says, okay, that's how you do it. So it's, it's a two year scheme that involves a studio Uh and cameras and a podcast and iTunes and Stitcher and Google Play right. and YouTube. And a huge investment. And a huge investment <laughs> of time and money. That's right. <laughs> and a goat farm. And a goat farm. And alpacas. And alpacas. And donkeys. And donkeys. And a llama. Uh-huh, and a llama. And a miniature pig. But the pig's not really a part of the farm. I mean, let's uh, be honest. Yeah, he's more of an inside guy. Yeah, he's an inside know. pig. Yeah, yeah. And then you get to meet Ron Paul. That's right. So there you go. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> guys thank you so much for watching the show remember facebook.com slash tgs alan mosley twitter's at alan and mosley you don't have to do any of that our website's the gold center podcast.com right. and you can support us on patreon which is patreon.com slash tgs alan mosley along with our good friends such as the other three percent on facebook and go check out the status quo that's right and we will see you next week <laughs>